My name's Jo Wise, and this is Wise Women, the podcast. In my book, I Am a Woman, I quote a Native American proverb which states that the world will know a thousand years of peace when women have healed their hearts. I believe that one way for women to heal their hearts is to share their stories. Just like in ancient times, when our female ancestors would gather at the full and new moons in tune with their cycles to cleanse their experiences together. On this podcast, I'll be asking women from all walks of life to share their stories. Not only to give a voice to the wisdom they discovered during some of their greatest life challenges, but also to remind you of your deepest wisdom too. This is Wise Women. Sharing stories, sharing wisdom. Madeline Walker is a world-renowned animal communicator, author and lecturer who travels extensively to work with wild species such as lions, elephants, whale sharks and dolphins in their natural habitat. However, she's also from a very young age been surrounded not just by her own family, but also her own family. And she's developed deep connections with domesticated animals too. In this episode of Wise Women, Madeline talks about the wisdom she found and is still finding in the companionship and ultimately the passing of her beloved 15-year-old dog, Winnie. She wants to share these sometimes very human and sometimes very spiritual messages for anyone who's grieving or has ever grieved for an animal they've loved. Hi, lovely to speak to you, Jo. Thank you for inviting me. No, thank you for being here. It's fantastic. My first question really is about the animals that you've come into contact with in your life. Obviously, you've got this very unique job and you're very accustomed to meeting cats and dogs, as a lot of people are but you've been lucky enough to be in the presence of some rather extraordinary animals as well haven't you yes i've been incredibly blessed to have the most amazing wild encounters with humpback whales sperm whales loads of different kinds of dolphins elephants white lions all kinds of absolutely beautiful beings that are just i think holding so much wisdom for us uh, humankind so um, yeah i've had some incredible adventures And is there one of those animals that stands out for you amongst the others? Well, all of them are amazing, but I suppose, I mean, the whales are always phenomenal, but I think the white lions have been the most life-changing. One white lion in particular has just been such a huge motivator to be in, lion-hearted, to be in my power to really go forwards and have the courage to, of of my convictions really, to kind of, put myself out there with some rather uh, unusual concepts really to, to try and, and to share the wisdom of the animals and how profound our connections with animals are. And you believe that to be the case not just with the exotic extraordinary animals if you like the ones we don't often come into contact with but you believe that to be the case for our domesticated animals as well don't you they're here to help us. Absolutely and I believe they find us rather than us finding them it's the old story of maybe going to see a litter of kittens or a litter of puppies and waiting for one to actually come to us because what they've told me is uh, in my work that they actually do choose us for very, very important reasons for teaching us so much more about ourselves and for taking us forwards in our journey at that particular time. So, so many animals that I've had myself have have been such huge teachers and healers and just constantly in awe of the role that our animals play and the, the commitment that they have to guide us so much. 
You're making me think of... Um, I got goosebumps, actually, when you were talking about that. You're making me think of my cat, a boy who uh, literally just found us. I feel like he found me, actually, more than my husband, but yes. um, he just found me. And you're right, they have this way of just attracting themselves to their owners don't they yeah absolutely well your story today Madeline is going to be about how you dealt with the passing of your beloved dog Winnie before we get to that wisdom that you want to share which is so important to share I just wanted to talk a little bit about Winnie first so let's go back right to the beginning how did she find you well, that, again, was an incredible story. And I believe she was sent to, to us, not only to me, but to our family and also specifically to my youngest son. We had a gorgeous dog called Pillow who tragically got out on the road. And normally the road was very, very quiet. But at that particular time, it was the school run, the work run kind of thing. And she got killed. And what was amazing was that we found out afterwards that at that very moment when Pillow passed, Winnie was found um, as a just a kind of stray puppy who was ransacking bin bags and she was taken to this rescue centre. Um, because my border terrier, Teasel, was so grief-stricken at the loss of Pillow, and of course we all were as well, and we weren't trying to replace her, but I felt that Teasel was really struggling because Pillow had always been there. And so I took my younger son to the rescue centre and we found Winnie, this puppy, and I said to my younger son, well, if we have a, you know, what kind of name should we give her? And he said, oh, well, Finny. And I said, well, Finn is kind of a boy's name and she's a little girl. So he said, oh, we'll call her Winnie. And um, she just seemed to know the name immediately. And um, that was the start of an amazing adventure of 15 years of our life shared together. Wow. And what, what kind of dog was she? I don't just mean the breed, but I mean also her personality and uh, her companionship. What, what was she like? Well, she was a complete Heinz 57. She had a bit of a staff, bit of staffy, a bit of collie, a bit of whippet. Her nickname was Winnie Whippet. But she was the most loyal, loving, incredible dog. I mean, her relationship with my youngest son was off the scale incredible. He, he really struggled in his younger uh, days at school and making sense of, of life. And uh, we had a beautiful pet goat called Mulberry, who was his confidant, his real best friend. And when she passed, Winnie kind of stepped into that role. And she would tell me when he'd had a bad day at school, she would tell me if he'd had, a, had some problems because he had lots of bullying problems at school. She always knew when he was coming home. She told me, uh, she even told me when he was revising for his A-levels that he was having problems and he needed to talk about them. And he hadn't told me at all. And so I said to him, well, Winnie's saying that, you know, you've got problems and you need, to, need some help specifically with physics and, and that sort of subject I could help him with and she just went sat under his chair and just shook and shook and shook and because Winnie had told me and he saw how distressed Winnie was he started to talk to me about it because he wouldn't ever mention it before and so we got him extra tuition and he actually got a really good pass at A level thanks to Winnie and she just knew exactly what was going on with him and uh she was just a, the most amazing, amazing intuitive dog. And she also used to help with groups that I was teaching. She always knew who needed more grounding, more support. She would just tell me. And um, we had this incredible telepathic connection. Well, a lot of people listening to you now, Madeline, are going to be quite fascinated by the idea that the dog's telling you things.
things? Because this is your job, isn't it, as an animal communicator? So before we talk more about Winnie, can you talk a little bit more about being an animal communicator? How how are these animals talking to you? Well, it comes in a, in a kind of a mixture of ways. Sometimes it's a very visual, like they'll show me a bit like a, a video clip or I'll get a smell or a taste or even a physical feeling. But usually it's kind of a dialogue that that's, I know isn't coming from me. I know it's coming from... Uh, the animal because the first time it happened I was completely shocked and uh, really thought I was losing the plot big time but they've just given me so much evidence of how much they know about us how much they want to help us and do you believe that everybody's got this ability to communicate with their animals yes absolutely you know all the indigenous peoples always have this connection with with the land and with the animal beings they, they like the native americans believe that each animal has its own medicine in that there's something about a, an individual animal that can really empower us and um you know you think about the aboriginals they you know they they just talk to all all life all beings you know the stones the land the trees all the animals all the bugs everything you know so everything has a voice and we've just many of us have kind of forgotten that aspect of our abilities kind of innate abilities and so if I'm uh, facilitating animal communication courses I don't feel I'm teaching anybody I'm just reminding them of what they can do. Yeah that makes perfect sense and I like to think of it as uh, you know for so long we have believed as humans that we communicate through words but actually more and more as we're activating our energy systems and our chakras and our meridians and Uh, our energy anatomy is more and more Madeline we're talking to everything on that energetic level aren't we absolutely and I think I read somewhere that uh, only four percent of communication is verbal Hmm. you know it's so much more is is energy wise it's body language you know it's just amazing that that you know verbal language is is kind of quite limiting in a way there's so much more that we can convey in so many other layers well, this is going a little bit deeper, but I'll run it past you anyway, because I, I read recently, um, I think it was the author Caroline Mace was talking about the internet, and she was just saying, you know, how the internet has connected the world. And actually, the internet is a manifestation of what's happening inside us. So what happens inside us happens outside of us, is something that mystics believe. And she believes that's the case with the internet. The internet is actually showing us what we're capable of inside of ourselves. So we are able to connect with people through our energy systems in the same way that the internet does through time and space yeah that's a really interesting interesting uh, way of explaining it because like you know i think we can we are so much more than we think we are you know we have so many amazing abilities our brains are absolutely extraordinary engines to you know to travel through time and space telepathically and on an energy level you know there's so much more that we can do that we're we're just kind of uh scratching the surface of yeah yeah and you talk about brains and our heart connections as well because you know going back to these animals i know that uh, i mentioned my cat boy earlier he is a boy and he's called boy i know it's not very imaginative (laughs) we'll go with it but i only literally madeline i only have to think about him if he's outside i just think to myself where's boy and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he appears it's like i've called him and he's heard me calling him yeah, absolutely. And and it is, of course, as you rightly say, it's a heart, it's a real heart connection and, mm. and everything comes from the heart. You know, it's just that we we have become, or many of us have become quite disconnected from the depth of what our heart energies 
that actually our heart drives our brain, of course. So it's, um, yeah, it, it's a huge, huge picture to, to get your head around, really. A, a little dog said to me, remember the bigger picture. And all I can say is that the bigger picture keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> and more out there. And if you like, kind of crazier. And it's just magical, really. It really is. It really is. OK, so let's get back to Winnie uh, a little bit. You were talking there about what a fantastic companion she was for your son. And I imagine for you as well, do you have lots of memories of special times that you had together in terms of walks or, uh, you know, just time alone where she would be by your side and comforting you as well? Yes, her other companion, Teasel, I mentioned earlier, Teasel was kind of, she was a border terrier and she was my, my teddy, but Winnie was kind of the glue that kept everything together. In 2004, that was really, really the toughest year of my life. And Winnie was the one kind of constant as well as Teasel. But after Teasel passed, Winnie was still there. She was still this glue that was somehow keeping me together, keeping my connection to my younger son as well. And just to, to everything, holding it together so I could really go forwards in many many new directions that previously I hadn't even thought about before everything was kind of stripped away to create space for all this new to come in. I've heard lots of women say this actually Madeline that during you know monumental changes in their lives it might be divorce it might be a child leaving home I've even met a woman whose son died and so many of them say to me thank goodness I had this animal be it a dog or a cat with me thank goodness I had another living being to help me through such a difficult time yes I remember in this very difficult time trying to be cheerful and dropping my son off at school and then just crying all day and then trying to compose myself and then having to pick him up from school and again trying to be jolly and and cheerful but in that interim time of when my son was at school I just used to just be with Winnie and she would just sit with me and listen to me sobbing and just just be there you know she just was there and it was so incredible that she had this huge commitment to to hold that space for me so she was with you for 15 years and obviously in the space of this interview it's hard to convey uh you know the connection that you built up over those 15 years but needless to say it was hugely significant as it is for owners of animals of whatever duration but eventually her time came to an end how how did that happen? Did she get ill or was it a, a sudden passing for Winnie? She had problems with her kidneys. She had kidney failure. And it's, it's interesting because I always felt that she was going to pass in 2015 when she was 15. I always had this kind of knowing and I tried to kind of think, well, no, 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 I'm sure, you know, I just wanted to live forever. But it's kind of like she was trying to prepare me. And in the March of that year, she was quite poorly and um, she had lots of blood tests and there were problems with her with her kidneys. And I think it was, I got terribly emotional at the prospect of having to somehow live without her, to, to not have her physically in my life. And she just gave me this message about there are no endings, only new beginnings. There are no endings, only new beginnings. And Pillow had said, told me that there's no such thing as lost. Nothing and no one is ever lost. It's almost like that L word uh, was a swear word. You know, I'm not allowed to actually say when I lost her or when like this because, you know, we get quite cross with me from spirit. But with that message from Winnie about there are no endings, only new beginnings, it was hugely emotional. But again, I think it was a preparation. So 
we, we, we kind of got special um, remedies for her special medical help and uh, holistic veterinary help for her and we kind of kept her going and she was doing okay but she started to fail again in the September and I had to go off to America to speak at a big conference and I could see that she really wasn't good and it wasn't that I was you know thinking oh well you know she'll have to go because I, I don't want to leave her like this but I really felt that making the decision to let her go was my responsibility my final gift to her to release her from her struggle but again as we all know if we've ever had to make that decision it's one of the hardest decisions to ever make it's like you know making that choice to to let your loved one die you know and it's 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 so so hard but I really I, I know that animals tell us when they're ready they they mm. just let us know however devastating it is and I think we have a right to listen to that so it was amazing because I asked the vet to come to my house and it was incredible. It was such a, a peaceful and a beautiful day. And when he came in, he was a lovely, lovely guy. And Winnie just licked his hand as though to say thank you. And she was so, so peaceful. She just lay down, closed her eyes and just went to sleep. And it was, it was awful, but beautiful at the same time. I knew that she, it was the right thing to do, absolutely the right timing, because I think we always worry about did we leave it too long? Did we do it too soon? But as I say, I, I, she told me loud and clear, and I, I know it was the right time, uh, even though, of course, it's completely heartbreaking. What would you say to women listening to this who've had to make that decision to put an animal down? I've spoken to a few of them who, like you said there, are still questioning, even years later, you know, mm. did I do it at the right time? Was it too soon? Did I wait too long? Is there any comfort you can share for women that are still asking that question, perhaps years after they had to make that, that decision? Well, part of my job, people ask me frequently to co connect with animals in spirit. And all I can say is that all the evidence I've had from animals in spirit have told me that they, they, they never hold any blame. They're, in a way, I've been shown that when we give them their freedom from their failing physical bodies that actually when they're in spirit that the real work can begin and I've had so many cases of this of the animal being freed from pain being freed from limitation can actually in their spirit form in their pure energy form can really get down to the soul level work that they've chosen to come because I do believe you know, many people say oh my dog's my soulmate," and I truly believe that that can that is the case that certainly can be the case it's a, they don't have to be human soulmates. So there's never any blame. There's never any grudges held or any, um, yeah, any kind of negativity from spirit. If an animal has been uh, put to sleep, it's, it's always almost in a kind of gratitude of like, well, now we can really do the work. And it's, it's, as I say, it's awful and it's beautiful at the same time. Yeah, I liked what you said about it being your last gift to her. And I've heard a lot yeah. of people express that. You know, it's the last thing you can do for your animal is to yeah. give them a, a peaceful passing. And uh, I know quite a few years ago now I was um, present for the euthanasia of my mum's cat and the vet mm -hmm. came out to her house to to put the cat down. And like you say, it was awful and it was beautiful at the same time. And the awfulness was just knowing that we'd made that decision and that was going to happen and, you know, we were all present for it. But the beautiful part, um, Madeline, I really felt the cat leave. I felt yeah. the soul of the cat leave the room. Yes. Um, it was like a, 
a breath of fresh air. It honestly, it was really quite surreal. Yeah, and it's just so reassuring to know that they're. You know, I do c- completely believe in the spirit life, and the animals have ta- taught me so much about the cycle of of life and and death. And I think that's a huge lesson that they can teach our children as well about about death and um to know that they're still around us they're still here to guide us um you know i feel winnie so so often uh i say good night to every night i've got a a lovely little silver locket that somebody gave me and a dog walker friend took a lovely picture of her and so that picture is inside the locket so i kiss her locket every night and say because she used to sleep with me and i always say night winnie sleep tight see you in the morning and so i still say that and it just feels the right thing to do and doesn't feel silly or you know or strange and when i'm working with people my my human clients i work with people as well as animals uh, i feel winnie come and advise me um frequently and i have a dog now called duvet and i feel that she's winnie's protege because she is proving to be the most amazingly intuitive dog who helps me so many times with with my human clients she just seems to know exactly what is needed for our session together but i feel that she's been mentored by winnie which is uh it's just wonderful so it sounds like your connection with winnie is still very much there it's just different yeah and that's the thing we have to the lesson we have to to learn to remember is that you know there are no endings just new beginnings and and that when we pass we're just in a different form we're we're still you know, we still are something. We know we're an essence, we're a soul, and, and we we still have a, pl- a part to play so much in guiding those that are left behind. You know, it's kind of the ones that are past have, it's like they're free. We're the ones here left behind, you know, got to cope with the struggle of, of um, the three-dimensional life and the day-to-day challenges. So it's so wonderful to know that we're not on our own. We're never on our own. We have so much support if we're just open to it. Yeah, but I suppose you said there, didn't you, Madeline, about, you know, the three-dimensional human existence, and that can't be ignored either, because we can have these spiritual concepts, if you like, but grief and loss is a very human feeling. Absolutely. Um, And if we go back to Winnie's passing and that day when, you know, you called the vet out and said goodbye, how did you cope with it on that human level? How did it hit you? Oh, gosh, well, you know, one of the most challenging things in my whole life was the passing of my mother my mother was the person that inspired me to uh, of the love of animals she always adored animals and she always allowed me to have all kinds of menagerie and she always found you know room and board and lodgings for any kind of stray <laughs> so Winnie was really the last family pet that we had that my that my mother knew so with Winnie going it was the end of a, an enormous era mm. uh, because with my mother passing, my husband decided to leave at the same time. So it was everything felt like it had been stripped away. And so Winnie, as I said before, was the one constant. And with her passing again, it was like it was kind of a feeling of such a huge ending in a way of the old, the, you know, the old family when we had all our pets and, and the kids were little and we were very, very happy times. And Winnie was the very last animal from that past time you know so that was hard that was tough because it was you know it was like letting go of really happy times with the with the children and my marriage and the small holding we had and all the animals we had and the fun we had and Winnie was the very last remnant of that so with her passing it was a huge coming to a, a close 
of that period of my life. And do you remember how you dealt with that grief that you were feeling, that human emotion of grief? I think it was allowing myself to have feel that grief. Even knowing what I know, I think, you know, I, I just felt that it was a very valid emotion. And I had to kind of give myself permission to to feel that grief, to to allow the tears, to, you know, to talk about her, to share that. Um, and I had a, we had a, I had her cremated, so I had her ashes. And so I, I found it incredibly difficult. She told me where she wanted me to scatter her ashes, but I struggled, really struggled to, to let her ashes go. And I know it's, it was just her kind of overcoat. But in the end, um, my youngest son kept saying to me, well, Winnie, no, Winnie said what she wants to do. You have to do that. So I said, okay, let's do it together. So we did it together. We, we went to this favorite place of hers, a beautiful, beautiful glade in, in a local woods and this very special tree. And she said that she wanted, I got a, had a beautiful photograph of her in all the bluebells in this uh, glade of, of, um, of trees. And that's where she wanted her ashes. So my youngest son and I did it together. We scattered her ashes. And while we were doing it, we were talking about all the fun times that we had and the funny things that she did, naughty things she did when she was a puppy. And actually, it was beautiful. It was, I thought it would be terribly emotional terribly upsetting but actually it was lovely my youngest son and I we held hands and we say we just shared all our memories of her and it was a it was such a lovely way of of kind of letting her ashes go but also finding the joy instead of the, the grief it was kind of transforming that awful grief and sadness into joy of how blessed we were to have her in our life yeah and i i think what you're describing there madeline which is something that other cultures are extremely good at but perhaps in the western culture you know we forget sometimes but you're describing their ritual aren't you and ritual is incredibly healing yeah absolutely so in terms of wisdom that you want to share with other women listening to this now who may have um had to say goodbye to a pet recently or many years ago and it's still sitting heavy in their heart what wisdom would you share, Madeline? Obviously, knowing what you know in your job as an animal communicator, but also knowing what you know having loved and lost a pet of your own. Well, I think it's it's that message from Pillow that nothing and no one and nothing is ever lost. You know that that, that we can draw huge comfort in in knowing somehow that they are around us still. They can still guide us. I mean, many people describe that they can still hear or get a, a kind of a glimpse in the corner of their eye of their, of their animal being around, or may, they may hear sort of uh, claws on, on a kitchen floor or scratching on a, on a door where the, the, a dog would maybe ask to come in. So it, it's just remembering that. And Winnie's message, you know, there are no endings, only new beginnings. And they are with us for a very special time. And, and as I said, that the animals have taught me that that loving bond is, is eternal, whether they're human or animal. And, and the animals have shown me that, we can share many, many lifetimes together that, that it's, it's, we're a soul family and that the animals are just as important as the human members of our soul family. And so they choose to, to come back to us. So it may well be that, that um, an animal that has passed may well choose to come back again. Um, I, had, I remember having a case where a cat was in spirit and it said that it was going to come back as a black kitten. Uh, and it was coming very, very soon. So I sent the message to this hum- this person. And I think about three days later, this lady emailed me and said, you'll never guess what. I was sitting in my office and I saw this shadow out of the corner of my eye. And there's this black kitten at my window asking to come in. <laughs> and um, 
nobody uh, nobody knew where it to come from nobody claimed it so it was kind of immediately this having had that message she said I can't believe you only just told me like three days ago and this cat is here it's come and I went well, there you go. <laughs> uh, it's just wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So it's like, you know, never underestimate the depth of the connection you have with your animal and how far reaching that is. Yeah. And I know you believe as well, Madeline, very strongly that it doesn't matter how long that animal is with you. you. You know, you might have a kitten or a puppy for, I don't know, a few months. And sadly, it doesn't grow into adulthood. That depth of connection is still going to be incredibly strong. Absolutely. And sometimes it can feel even more intense because if you've had an animal, okay, it can be with a huge chunk of your life. But at least like with Winnie, she was 15. She had, you know, 15 really amazing. Well, we, we had 15 amazing years together. But with Pillow, she was probably I think she was about uh, less than two years old. And with her passing, I think that was so awful because it felt so tragic and such a waste. But what I've what she's taught me since is it was all in that kind of divine and perfect order because it, Winnie had to come to us. Winnie had to come to help me, to help my younger son, to help us all at that very difficult time in our life. So it's like Pillow kind of moved over to allow Winnie to come. And some animals and some people, obviously, only choose to come as a soul for a very short time. Sometimes it's just to reconnect. But it's only meant for a short time because, as I said, there's so much more work to do for, in spirit. Um, mm. And I think that's one of the hardest things to get your head around when you get that sense of loss, to understand that sometimes the bigger picture is that they were only meant to be here for a short time. But even so, that that deep connection, that deep soul connection is is unbreakable. It's It's eternal. Yeah, hugely, hugely significant. Madeline, I've loved talking to you today. Um, before you disappear, though, I've got three more very quick fire questions to ask you, just so that we get an idea, a better idea of who you are as well, uh, in a broader sense. Um, but before I do that, I just wanted to very quickly mention, you might have seen it on YouTube, but for anybody who can really connect with our chat today, there's a brilliant YouTube clip, which I'd love you to watch. And it's the actor Jimmy Stewart reading a poem about his dog, Bo. Um, have you seen it Madeline no I haven't but it sounds emotional but it sounds lovely <laughs> okay well when we finished google it and watch it and it is just the most beautiful thing ever whether you've got a cat or a dog or a goat or whatever connection you've got with an animal I'm sure you're going to relate to this poem it's obviously about his dog but yeah it is very emotional and it's just beautiful so head to google type in Jimmy Stewart a dog named Bo which is spelled B-E-A-U and give that a watch. It's absolutely fantastic. Okay, so Madeline, on to your quick fire questions, just three to finish our podcast today. Uh, the first one is, what woman in history, myth, legend, present day, ideally not a relative, or which woman do you find most inspirational? Oh, well, there's, there's so many, aren't there? But as, when I was thinking about this question, I mean, Oprah Winfrey came to mind, and um, and Rosa Parks and Amelia Earhart. And they're women that have really had the courage of their convictions. They've really stepped up and um, put themselves out there and raised their heads above the kind of the turrets to to perhaps be shot down, but to nevertheless just stand firm in their in their power. And I really, really admire that. And it's such an inspiration for all women to 
to stand in their power to, to believe in themselves and to trust themselves, especially someone like Oprah Winfrey. It surprised me really that she was the one that first came to mind. But just, just their courage, they're absolutely like Rosa Parks as well, just the courage that, that, they, that she had to stand up for herself for race discrimination, you know, just, just amazing. Yeah, I think you've mentioned women there, haven't you, that uh, are going beyond the self. They're, yes. They're raising their head above the parapet, like you say, for their own courage, but actually they know there's a greater good involved too. Absolutely, yeah, to inspire other women to, to be strong, to remember that they're so much stronger than perhaps they realise that they are. Yeah, and I know, talking about Oprah, she's got loads of dogs as well, hasn't she? She's got loads of dogs, who I think she (laughs) considers her children. Okay, so on to the next question. Let's put you down as Oprah Winfrey for that one, seeing as she was the first one that came to mind. But your next question, what book do you gift the most? This isn't about what book you read the most, but which book do you find that you give the most to other people? Well, there are a couple, and I'm being naughty here, having several choices, but... um, (laughs) Silver Wheel, Teachings of the Lost Deerskin book is by a lovely friend of mine called Ellen Tompkins, and it's been dubbed the Celestine Prophecy for this new age now, this new paradigm, and it's, it is the most beautiful book. It's so poetic, and I've, I've gifted it to several people, and um, even a, a very good friend of mine who's Dutch, and her English is extraordinary. It's a difficult book to read in a way because it's so... Uh, poetic and eloquent and her use of the English language is extraordinary but its message is so beautiful and it, in a way it's hard to read because it just transports you so you, you kind of read a couple of sentences and you're kind of off somewhere into the cosmos but it's so beautiful and so I've gifted that to several people and they've all loved it another one is, is Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffries that's inspired many people that I've given that book to Well I, I love the fact you managed to get quite a few um, recommendations in really really well <laughs> i've kind of sneaked them in <laughs> you have but i'm going to let you do it because you did it so brilliantly um okay and your last question madeline which song sums up the story that you've shared with us today about winnie oh well there's only one song i'm not going to sneak in anymore there's only one song that sums up i think that for anybody who has had a loved one pass be it human or animal and the song is everglow by coldplay it, um, the first time I heard it was when they played at, at Glastonbury and I was watching them on the TV and they had some tuning problems with the piano and the other instruments and so Chris Martin decided to just play it on the piano on his own and by the end of it I was in pieces because if anyone wants to choose to, to I don't think I could keep it together to read the, the lyrics out they're so moving and to me the everglow is that that light that they leave us with and um, yeah it's ever it's everglow it's eternal so it's a beautiful song and, yeah, it always makes me cry, but in, in, in joy, really. Have you got any of those lyrics in front of you this morning? Oh, hang on. I can ha- yeah, I've got them. I don't know if I can read any, but I'll try. Can you just, can you just do a few just to give us an idea? Yeah, OK, I'll do my best to not, not fall. <laughs> so they say, oh, they say people come, say people go. This particular diamond was extra special. And though you might be gone and the world may not know, still I see you celestial. And there's a light that you give me when I'm in shadow. There's a feeling you give me an everglow. I know that you're with me and the way you will show. And you're with me wherever I go. And you give me this feeling, this everglow. What I wouldn't give for just a moment to hold. Yeah, I live for this feeling, this everglow. So if you love someone, you should let them know. Oh, the light that you left me. 
will ever glow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I can see why you'd have trouble reading those. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a bit more, but I thought uh, that's enough for me to, to not kind of um, wow. crack up. Amazing. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be Googling that song now. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. It really is. And um, mainly it's it's about my mother, but I I feel it's 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 with Winnie, it's it's with any any being, like I say, any human or animal, that they leave us with this everglow in our hearts. Mm. Madeline, thanks so much for the chat today. Honestly, it, it means so much to chat to you about this, especially somebody with your understanding of how deep that uh, communication with animals can be. If people want to find out more about your work, uh, is there a way they can contact you? Uh, yes, they can look at my website, which is just madelinewalker.co.uk. It has my email there if they want any help with their animals or say any help in, with themselves, because I, like I say, the animals usually orchestrate sessions with the humans as well to help them cope with grief with re-empowerment uh, and the animals really want us to step up into our power now to to be all that we are so we can really work with the animal kingdom to help humankind and the planet that's kind of my greater mission now that the animals have uh, been driving me forwards to to sort of step up to this to you know to sort of work with the animal kingdom and the nature realms for the future of us all. Mm. And I really hope that message has come across today in our in our conversation too. So thank you so much again. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me to chat with you today. I really, really loved it and um, really hope that it can it can help people by sharing this message. I'm Joe Wise, and you've been listening to Wise Women, the podcast. You can follow Wise Women on Instagram, Facebook, and the website www.wisewomen.org.uk. Remember, wise is spelt with a Y. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I look forward to you joining me next time for another Wise Women episode.